0: Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast to inspire us all to do our part to spread little ripples of love wherever we go, making the world a lovelier, more sex-positive place. As always, please keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guest to yourself unless you are invited to do otherwise. Go listen to the outro if you want to know how to connect and enjoy. Our guest today is a 47-year-old heteroflexible cis femme who is in a new relationship. It's a few weeks old. And she is into deep-throating, anal, and BDSM, specifically being dominated so she doesn't have to think, impact play, touch, and a bit of degradation. She is a team leader who works in sales from Denmark. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you. Can you start off by telling us, if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shameometer with 10 being the most full of shame and 1 being not-so-shamey, where do you fall today right now?
1: At one. Okay. Can you say a few words about why? I have learned so much about myself the last year. So, and I know what I want and I know what I, where I want to go. And uh, I'm not ashamed of being who I am anymore. So I am exactly where I want to be.
0: I love that answer. And I can't wait to hear the details. That got you there. Also, I think I'm in my own new... I mean, I guess it's always... Uh, I'm in my own new version of like, oh, I do love all of my parts. Okay. And it's like fucking impressive and liberating. So I can't wait to hear yours. Okay. Can you tell us not the full story, but the overview of what your sex life is like right now in this one shame meter life?
1: I can tell what I want, what I like. And I have a partner who wants to know. Uh, that's the best part of it, I think. And I've been working through a period of time where I have to get to know myself Uh, all over again after my my divorce last year. So I have had a really crazy six months up until now where I have explored everything I could. And I know what I want and (sighs) where I am. I love it. What's your favorite part of your sex life right now? I can let go. (laughs) I can just be me, let go, don't think, and express myself. I express what I want and be who I am and see the joy from my partner doing that. And that is amazing. That is amazing. What is sexy to you? I feel sexy when I can see my partner look at me and get excited. Then I feel sexy. I do that a lot, actually. Good. <laughs> I, I, sexy to me is also when I can touch him on the street, just give him a little touch and let him know that I like him and I want him. Oh, That's sexy. Love that. Can you tell us what
0: your definition of sex is? Like when you're like, oh, I had sex last night. What does that mean to you?
1: The good sex is which which is what I have a lot of right now. Is, um, <laughs> Let's see
0: if we celebrate that. <laughs> yeah. Celebrating all sex, but just celebrating that you're having good sex. Amazing.
1: <laughs> I am. And <laughs> um, what I said before, I can I can let go. I, I can just be me and that is when I feel I have the sex that is giving me something. Mm, okay. Extraordinary every every time. Tangibly speaking, is it penis
0: and vagina? Is it fingers? Is it penetration? Is it any sort of kissing? Is it any sort of erotic energy? Like lately, it's been coming up a lot in my personal life that people are like, well, how do
1: you define sex? You
0: know? And so I realized I kind of stopped asking this question specifically. Yes.
1: The penetrative sex is what I, let's say, always go for because that's where I really can't let go. But up to that, I liked all of it. Touches, fingers, uh, the sexual energy building up all day or preparing myself for it he's preparing we can talk about it all of it I want all of it (laughs) but especially the fingers and the penetrative sex also also oral sex I didn't like that before I love it now okay cool oh my gosh I can't wait for details did you ever get an
0: explicit health and safety conversation growing up and or a conversation about consent no
1: okay Never. Which my story will tell you, but we did have sex education in school. I did have a, no, I did not have a conversation. My mother spoke to me (laughs) when I was 15 and it was too late. 15 was too late. She should have done it years before that. Mm -hmm. But no, not about consent at all. Never.
0: As an adult, do you have any examples of a time where you said or received a very clear yes for something that was extremely sexy that created
1: an awesome experience for you? In my marriage, we did some exploring together and we did have this consent between us to do things. After, I think, about eight or nine years of marriage, we needed to shake things a little bit up. So, Mm. we uh, talked about having threesomes and foursomes. And we did that. It was very important for us that it was something we did together. We were not swapping. I was not going with another man in another room and he was not going with a woman. We were doing it together. We had eye contact. We did this together. And that was this close. Consent. I think this is an experience we have together to make something to spice up our lives, spice up the sex life, but also to do something else. That When you're married, you know, you sometimes fall into this everyday life. Mm-hmm. Things are the same. Mm-hmm. So we, we did that to, to do something else. Was it the right time to do it? I don't know. But we did it and it was fun and, and we, we had some experience. I think what I'm doing today was planted at that time. I think Cool. Thank you for sharing that. So now
0: tell us what happens to your shame meter when it's time for you to talk to a partner, especially if it's a new partner, about safer sex. And what would your ideal version of those conversations look like? Yes.
1: My ideal version, I don't know if it's old-fashioned, but I would like my partner, the male, to bring up the topic. Unfortunately, in these last six or seven months where I have explored my sex life and have had multiple partners not one did that not one and I have listened to your podcast a lot and you talk about this a lot and I have been wondering why why is this and when I brought it up there was oh, oh yes of course we have to talk about yeah. that but I'm not sick no but you don't know if I am
0: <laughs> yes oh exactly I'm so glad you said that especially as you're a submissive like I am looking for a dom, I would like someone to lead a conversation so that I can know I'm safe. That's the whole point of looking for exactly.
1: a dom. Exactly. So I, I have been somewhat ashamed of, not of me, but of how that, I don't know if it's Danish men in general or, or, or what it is, but they don't talk about it. Mm. And when I bring it up there, okay, okay, you can bring a condom. Okay, I can bring the common Super, what size do you want? <laughs> wow. So, But before my divorce, before my, my marriage, I would never, ever have brought up this topic. Never. Okay. I just had unsafe sex if that's what it was. I would okay. never have said anything. But now, every time I brought it up I'm cheering you clever. on yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I did that, but I'm a little bit shocked that nobody else did. At all. Not one.
0: I really relate to that shock. And I'm sorry to hear that you are having that experience and I really hope that we can just do something different. I don't
1: I don't know. Well, also, especially because when I was talking to men about this, I have been very clear that this is a sex date. This is not yes. us being boyfriend or girlfriend. This is a sex date. We, we, I want to do this. I want to learn this. I want to, do you want that? And, and we had very good conversation, very good connection. I'm not jumping into bed if I don't feel the connection. I know you cannot feel everything online, but you can have a sense of what kind of people it is. Mm-hmm. And some of them have been, you too much. So they ghost me or when I get to talk about this, there's uh, nah, I don't think so. I just why this is sex we need to we need to protect ourselves. So yeah. I, I don't
0: get it. I just don't get it. I think it's fear. I think it's shame. I think it's judgment. I think it's a lot of also people just in my own personal. These are my personal. I noodle on it a lot. I'm like, what is it? I think I've just scared the shit out of a lot of people by being a horny woman. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Me too. I am sure of it. Okay, so take us back to your early years. Before you became a scary, scary woman who was in touch with exactly what she wanted sexually, what was your first sex-related memory? What do you remember thinking and feeling growing
1: up? Well, um, I have, since I was very young, known that I had a body that I can, could touch it in ways that felt good. And I didn't know it was sex. I didn't know it was sexual. But I remember masturbating when I was in my one friend's garage. And mm. four, year, four years old. I I showed him how to do it because this feels nice. He couldn't do it. He has a penis, so he couldn't do it the way I did. <laughs> I just wanted to show him. This is good. I didn't know what it was. Of course, yeah. uh, later on, I remember playing with other kids, mattresses uh, pushing down on me as a boy on top, and the pressure and Now, I can relate to that being held down, why I like it already at that time. I knew this is this is something that feels good It's, it's not until now. I know what it is, and go for it, <laughs> yeah. but I think that's what set off this uh, very curious person i am always have been
0: yeah do you feel like you know when you finally started to actually like really understand like sex as boys and girls did you have any awareness of that before sex ed in
1: school Mm, before sex ed i'm sure i think we could borrow some books on the library at school and there was one book that every kid wanted and it was always it was so difficult to get to but i had it a few times and uh, there was these pictures i have been uh, i don't know seven eight. Nine, I knew what it was. I knew this is this is what I want at -hmm. that time already. So uh, when I hit puberty, I got very impatient. (laughs) I just wanted it so bad. I was one of the bad girls. I was one of those girls who just always went to the boys, smoking, drinking, early. Just wanted to be be where the party was. Also led to some very bad memories. But I was curious. I was impatient. I I I wanted to explore at that time also. That was a little bit more dangerous at that time, I think, but that's what I did.
0: Okay, before you got to exploring partners, it sounds like I'm curious to hear about your bad girl streak. Do you identify as a bad girl now, first of all?
1: No, I'm I'm a bit slutty, but I'm not a bad girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Selective slut. When did you start to discover your own body beyond the mattresses? Like, when did you start masturbating and touching your private parts and feeling good in that way?
1: The masturbating started, as I said, when I was about about four, uh, four years old. I, I okay, didn't so know what it was. Like, that really yes. was like touching that. Okay, cool. And I, I was touching. Also, you can call it dry humping. You know, yeah. outside the clothes. But I think I was I was about ten or eleven, twelve, maybe when I did it directly on my private parts and find out there was a hole. Mm. Oh. That was exciting.
0: <laughs> this is such a specific question. I was like a 12-year-old that was like trying to find the hole for the tampon. And like, yes. I just couldn't find it. Did you just like get wet and discover it? Because I like
1: couldn't for a while. Like I was 14 before I finally did. <laughs> my masturbation was, I'm not that flexible anymore. It was with a flat hand on on top of clitoris. Uh-huh. I was on my stomach, legs up like a frog, flat hand on clitoris. So my fingers was around my vagina. God. So just one day, I figured out, okay, there's a hole. I didn't get my period at that time. So yeah. it was before that. I just remember thinking, what? Is that where the poop comes out? Or what? what is that? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah. obviously. But you don't know till you know. And then some of the pictures in the book made sense. Mm. And also at that time, I started in my life early on, by having attention issues. When my sister was born, around my four years of birthday, my parents forgot me, I think. Uh, I don't blame them today, but they forgot they had another child. Mm -hmm. So I was craving attention in very unhealthy ways. And when I hit puberty and found out that I could use my body to get the attention, that's where a very bad circle started for me. So I began using that also Back to the bad girl thing where i wanted to basically get laid because that's what everybody was talking about and i wanted that and when that happened for the first time the most awful awful situation ever but i did it i was happy okay now i can move on okay. and so i just took every opportunity to do it so it was not good for me at all but looking back yes i learned a lot about myself at that point where things are going, what it feels like, what to do with what, you know. Okay. So, of course, I learned a lot, but but it was not in a good way at all.
0: Does it feel useful to share any details of that experience?
1: And was that your very
0: first partnered experience?
1: The very first partner experience. I was I was 13 and it was not very good at all. I couldn't feel him at all. Okay. <laughs> so, and I didn't think he was inside, but he was and it was over. And I what uh, what? Okay. Was that that? But. Yes, I will share it because this attention issue is very important for my story and how I evolved, basically. As I said, when I had puberty, I began to use this when I was 15, 16, 17. I, oh my God, I had no boyfriends. Yes, I had my two weeks, three weeks, four days or something like that. But always, always going for the for a new one because when I had a partner, yes, then I felt love. So that was what, what I was craving. Mm. At 18, I moved away from home and then it exploded badly. Oh. So I think I was just an inch from a sex addiction because in my mind, the attention, the sex was love. Oh, okay. So it was one, two, three, four, five a week. The more I could have, the better. But all I really wanted was the one person to stay, to come again. But they never did, obviously. So I used myself in a very bad way and it affected me. Later in life, I had mental breakdowns, depression. I know it comes from that, Mm. but I didn't know at the time. I I was just craving the attention, craving the love, craving the touches, craving everything. And what I I think I was showing was an easy girl, a slutty girl, everybody could get in touch with, everybody could get laid with me. Mm. So I didn't get what I want, but I kept trying and it broke me completely. So two or three years in this heavily, abuse of sex of attention, I ran away. I moved to Norway (laughs) and just ran away from everything. And it kind of helped, actually. Uh, I knew that it it was something I had to face at one point, but I had to get away. And I know I did it to myself, but it it was horrible. So I ran away for about a year, came back and felt more adult. Somehow Mm -hmm. started to take care of myself. I had, I think, two long-term relationships after that. And just, this is what I want. I I just want this. I want a family. I want love. I want kids. I want everything. And then I met my husband. Uh, We were together for almost 20 years. We just got divorced this last last year. So I met him and I just fell at peace for the first time in my life because he could give me. He wanted to give me. Yeah. He wanted to stay and he wanted to give me all that I wanted. So that's where I just, now I can relax. Okay. But all that, I call it trauma because it was the way I abused myself.
0: Mm. Well, I also want to be really curious about that for a minute if you're up for it. Oh, okay. Of course. Because, of course, it's very valid and necessary that we all as humans need attention and touch. And the part that I really want to get curious about with your experience is I hear you saying these things where you describe it as self-abuse. Does that feel accurate? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. That's what and I like, call it. And just just like needing to get this need met in this way that you didn't have better tools. Was there pleasure in it or was it like, did it feel more like hits of a drug? Like, can you describe for us kind of like the texture of the sexual experiences you were having?
1: It was a drug. No doubt about that. I... I felt good having sex but the sex was not for my pleasure mm. that was for his every mm-hmm. time i just did it because if he wants to have sex me, then he must like me mm. so when he went off didn't see him again call him he didn't answer okay next next always the next because i wanted that so much and i've gone through a lot of therapy afterwards and i remember talking about every guy taking a little bit of peace of my heart with him mm. every time. So I was broken <laughs> wow. in the end. So it was a drug. And I have talked to a sex therapist I have known for a while. And she also had, when she was younger, a sex addiction. And mm. mine was not as cruel as hers, but mm. it was the same thing we went for. It was the addiction of, I need someone to touch me. I need someone to like me, just if it's just for an hour.
0: Yeah. Wow. I'm just curious if in that time, was there any space for self-pleasure? No. Did that exist?
1: Was it not on your radar? No. Okay. Cool. Yes. I think I masturbated, but I actually I don't remember Hmm. doing it much. When I was younger, until I moved away from home, I did masturbate every day. Remember that? Also because I did it before I sleep. Then you get so tired and, oh, this is good. And then you can sleep. So I did it like a, a sleeping pill. Actually, yeah. oh, okay. So, was it pleasure? Yes, but that's not why I did it. And I think I used the masturbation in that period of time where I was abusing myself mm-hmm. in the same way. It was not for the pleasure, I think. Mm-hmm. I actually don't remember what I yeah. thought about yeah. that.
0: Yeah, no, that's totally fair. There's lots of stuff now that I'm like, do I remember? or I just remember my current feeling about that. Yeah. Like, who, who can say? So, is there anything else actually to say about that period of time before you met your husband or are you ready to transition into that moment?
1: The one thing I think I should mention is I- I'm trying to say this out loud because it's very very vulnerable things to say, but I have said it some t- a few times now to people very close to me and the craving for attention when I was about 10 or 11 was so intense. I couldn't use my body at that point. I was too young, but the craving for attention was so extreme that I without thinking Faked, you know the appendix uh, when you yeah. that, that get infected. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it, I don't know we what say, it's called. Yeah, but, what is it? You have to get your appendix out. Appendicitis. Yes, exactly. I faked that. Got to the hospital in that time. They opened up, looked at it. Oh, it's not. There's nothing wrong with it. Took it out anyway. That's okay. We don't need it. But I woke up at the hospital, and got flowers and letters from my cl- classmates and food. And parents were there. My parents were there, and I got the attention. And I said, okay, it worked. So I had the feeling that if I get to the hospital, I get the attention. I never did it again because I was very shameful that I faked, I never told anybody I faked until Mm -hmm. I was around 45 or something like that. But what I actually mostly shocked about is that you take a 10 year old or 11 year old at the hospital, open up, there's nothing wrong, put 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 her back together, stitch her up, Send her home. You're good. You're fine. No, she's not. <laughs> What's wrong then? Yes. Uh, so, so why didn't I, nobody ask any questions yeah. about that? Not even my parents. So that's what I'm thinking now. Why didn't somebody say, how are you doing mm. to me? Yeah. But that's okay. Now I'm, I'm over that. It's the silent generation that is not, they
0: just want things to be fine and good. And yes, then, and then yeah,
1: it's so that's just because I, for, for me, that shows how intense that the craving for attention was at the time,
0: yeah, and I do actually want to circle back to the conversation or not a conversation, the talk that your mom gave at you when you were fifteen and it was already too late. did that color your experience of your own sex life, like
1: what was relevant from that for your formation? No, okay. actually nothing. She okay. just told me. Now you can do it. You're 15. It's okay. It's not illegal anymore. Protect yourself. I knew that. Mm. Didn't do it, but I knew that. She was a bit drunk. It was was late. Mm. Uh, I have been out with my friends drinking some beer. She has been out. So it was not something I could use at all. But somehow I think I'm glad she did it. She showed me again. She saw me. She she knew that I was 15 now. She didn't forget me. So I saw it like, okay, she's giving me some attention now. So so in that way, I I like it that she did it.
0: Okay, so can you speed us up to, I guess, we're at late 20s now. So you have met the man that you are going to marry for the next couple of decades. How did you let your nervous system settle into all of that kind of like abandonment stuff? And then like, there's a person that's not leaving. And how are you going to fuck him for a
1: while? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. When our relationship was about three months old, I was about to run away screaming because... It felt so real. He wants me. He wants to marry me. Already at that point, we were talking marriage. We were talking kids. And I, okay, I can actually get this right now. So I was, am I going to run away? (laughs) Do I want this? Do I really want this? And he just, we had a talk. And and yes, of course, I wanted it. Looking back, I can sometimes doubt my motivation to Mm. marry him. Because yes, I was all into him. Did I love him? Yes, I love the life we built. I love everything he gave me. I love him for that. But was I in love with him or could he just give me what I wanted and he was not going anywhere? Is that why I did it? I actually don't know today. Isn't that a great question about love too? Yes, it is. Is But because of my history, I'm doubting that. I'm not doubting him at all. I am doubting myself, but in the context of everything I know now that I would not have been without. And I love everything he gave me. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. You know, when I was in my 20s, what did I know about love? What do I know about it now? We're just making decisions with the best tools we have for that moment. And hindsight is really interesting to help each other learn, I think. What was it like to now have a regular sexual partner. Had you explored anything at this point? Like, what was your sexual landscape like? What shifted? Tell, tell us, give us the details. Yeah. At that
1: point, nothing. It okay. was pure vanilla. That's okay. Not not problem. But looking today, it no, not boring. I wouldn't say boring, but it was... Wait, I actually
0: want to interrupt you to ask this question. This is an on-purpose interruption. I've noticed sometimes when I get comments from vanilla listeners who are upset that I'm saying the word vanilla, and I actually had a discussion yesterday with a close friend who's like, well, vanilla is inherently kind of rude because it's saying that it's plain. And I'm like, no, I like vanilla. Vanilla is a great flavor. I add vanilla to my smoothies. Vanilla is a fine spice like it's 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 amazing what do you mean and and to me i like vanilla sex like when i get people that are like you hate vanilla people i'm like if i'm having vanilla sex i just want it to be slow and sensual where i see a problem is oftentimes using vanilla as a shorthand for unconscious. And I think there is a lot of overlap in, you know, yes, because when is. something is the norm, you don't have to examine what you want. Whereas queer people have to be like, let's make this up. Or kinky
1: people have to be like, let's talk about it.
0: So for me, I think about my early vanilla sex and it was just like a lot of
1: unconscious stuff. Do you see a difference there? Yes, I do see a difference. And I, I think it, it was a bad word to say. It was boring because it was not. Because, but I, at that point, I was also kinky, but I just didn't know what to do about it. Yes. And we didn't talk about it. We just, didn't do it it was just the same over and over again and it wasn't bad at all it was just normal yeah (laughs) I don't know that's the best word I can because you like
0: touches right
1: was that part of it yes Um, the problem with me is that (laughs) another problem but good catch yes at that point in our marriage I unfortunately very quickly went into ah it's do we have to? Um, mm-hmm. If we have to, can we just get it over with? Can we just, wow. no, no foreplay. Just just do it. I want penetration. Give it to me now. Yeah. Just do it. And I liked that, I thought. Mm. Later on, I became more like, I didn't have to say I didn't need sex. I didn't want it. I, could we just have life without? Because it's just the thing that comes between us. So that started, unfortunately, very early. And that's why jumped into this threesome foursome thing I think we had been married about six years when we did that again looking back maybe I didn't do it for the right reasons but the right reasons yes the right reasons because <laughs> did I Is it, was it because I didn't want to have sex with my husband or yeah. was it just because we wanted to shake things up but and I still don't know actually but mm. what I do know is that we had the most Beautiful experiences, looking each other in the eyes during these foursomes, and it's very hot. And that's where my kink really kicked in. Tell us (laughs) more. Yes, yeah. I have had these fantasies at the time before we got into this. We haven't talked much about it, but he knew that I would like to try a double penetration, two, three, four men. He would (sighs) like two girls, of course. So we just jumped into that. He got off being with me with other men. He thought that was very sexy. And Mm -hmm. so I got my double penetration for about 10 seconds, but it was there. (laughs) So it was very, I'm going to have that someday. I'm going to experience that again. Wait, but just don't brush past it. What was the positioning that you ended up in? The positioning was me sitting on top of a man lying down him in my vagina and my husband from behind okay. doing anal. Okay. At that point, he was the only one who could touch Mars. As a, no one else. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust anybody to do that, only him. And he's the one who learned me about anal sex. No, he mm. didn't learn me. I, I knew about it, but haven't tried it as much when I met him. So that's where we began to do this. Not much, but a bit more, yeah. So he was the only one who could be there. So. Because of the length of penis, the anatomy, and the flexibility and everything, it is hard. It's not like you when you see porn. It's not like that at all. Right. But it happened for about 10, 15 seconds. I could have done it for hours, I think. (laughs) It was awesome. So you have a preview and a future goal. (laughs) Yes, I have a future goal. And my new boyfriend knows about this. So we'll get to that. Yeah. So... That's where all of this started. And I think from that point on, my fantasies, my own fantasies with myself just exploded with group sex, anal. I didn't know about BDSM. I didn't know about anything like that. But we started, I don't know how or why or when, but at a point we started playing a bit with the joke. And I was finding out that this is kind of hot. I like that. I like being held down. He did that a little bit. But again, the sex was... Sex has never been bad, but Mm -hmm. I just felt I didn't need it. And now I know that was because at that point, later on, I just didn't love him anymore. Mm -hmm. So I tried what I could to get out of it. And I don't know why, because the sex was good. (laughs) But when it happened, it was good. But I didn't have the feeling of letting go. I didn't have the feeling of just be relaxed and free and me at that time not at all so again looking back uh, it was not fair to him at all but we did some good things we had very very good sex not as often as he wanted not as often as i would want it to be if i were looking at the best kind of relationship today but Yeah. yeah that's what happened something i've been noodling on a lot lately specifically
0: is connection related to sex. I get so many questions from people that are like, how do I have better sex with my partner? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm a single person. And (laughs) and everything I try seems to backfire. And yes. What I notice for myself is I have the best sex when I feel, like you said, safe and comfortable to be my full self. And I know that I can create that experience for other people, but I know that I often do not have the experience today of feeling Enough connection to trust that I can be as fucking weird and kinky and drooly as I am. Because also, when I get that excited with a casual or perhaps, dare I say, unconscious partner, there tends to be really weird reactions. Whereas kink creates a container, like thoughtful, conscious kink creates this container for me to be like effusively drooly and blah blah. Yeah. And so, if it feels comfortable for you to share this very personal information, did you feel like like is connection part of it
1: for you on this noodle? Is it is that Any of it? You you mean the connection with my husband at that time? Yes. Of course, we had a deep connection. Okay. But my emotional and loving connection to him was fading away during the years. So I think the sex got more and more like, okay, let's just get it over with Mm -hmm. for me. And I am a very good actor, unfortunately. Mm. I don't like that about myself. And I was not conscious about you're doing something wrong. I was just, okay, I have to be in this, we're together, he's my husband, so of course we're going to have sex. But it was not for me, it was for him or for the sanity of all of us. It was not for the right reasons. And I'm sorry to say that I did fake orgasms and I'm not proud of that at all. And also I didn't just fake that sometimes, I was faking my happy life. Mm. I got aware of that for about a year ago, but before that, it was just a unconscious fake. Does that make sense? I didn't know yes. I was playing an act. I was playing the good wife, the happy wife. My husband has a job in Greenland, so he's away two months at a time. And when he got home, I was supposed to be this. Uh, I was missing him. Uh, now we're going to have good sex and now we're going to have a good life, good time once he's at home. But it was hard. Yeah. When he was away, I found out Pretty fast, that I was better off when I was alone. And that's what led me to last year to say, okay, this is not an act I can do anymore. I'm again ripping myself apart. So I need to be me. I need to do something for me at this time, not to be. And it was my expectations for myself, for the good wife, as I wanted to be. It was the surrounding, it was everybody's expectations for us as a couple, but also my own expectation as a wife. Kept me in the marriage, so suddenly I was just. I cannot do this anymore. I have to get a divorce. Really? So it was sudden? like it was like a.
0: There was. I'm like, what was the tipping point moment for you?
1: These are huge, amazing changes. It was, and it came like a lightning at three a.m. in the morning. I, I don't know why. Why that day? Why that now? Why? I don't know. But I woke up three a.m. Something was wrong in my body. I was. Uh, I was just. I was sad, I was crying and so like, what is this? And then it hit me like a lightning. I do not love him mm. for the respect of him and for myself. I need to get a divorce. And at that point, he was a week away from going to Greenland and my youngest son was two weeks away from going to the States to live in a year at high school. So I could not do it at that point. I had to keep my mouth shut, so I- Oh, that sounds hard it was because now it was not an unconscious lie now it was a direct lie to myself to him every time he said he loved me i had to say it back because i have to wait until he came home from greenland to tell him that didn't work but that was my point of waiting i did not want to do it when he was in greenland i was in denmark it would be like breaking up in a text message i couldn't do that i have too much respect for him but it it didn't work he could feel something was wrong but at that point i knew i had to take care of myself i was again broken in another way somewhat the same way that that when i was young but i was now aware of why so i had to do something about it and we are the best friends today and i love for that
0: oh my gosh i'm so happy to hear that i want to celebrate the fuck out of that
1: when he got over the first initial shock and do you have another man no I do not I have a clean conscience about that I did not cheat on you and I did not and when he realized that and trusted me on that he was okay if you don't love me of course we are going to get a divorce I cannot be with you if you don't love me so that was so so I'm so happy for that I love him for it Wow, beautiful. so that sounds incredibly yeah. difficult also It was difficult. I knew I had to split up my whole family. My boy wasn't in in the States. He was 4,000 miles away and I couldn't hug him when he was told and I I couldn't be there for him. And it was devastating, but he pulled through like a champ. I don't know how he did it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we put the house on sale, moved apart. Everything was good. I bought my own little house and then I, okay, I cannot sit here on my own. I do want sex. I realized when I Signed the divorce papers. Something happened in my body. It was not the sign on the divorce papers, but the feeling of being free. I think, and my body just exploded. <laughs> I was so horny for three months, <laughs> I, I, and I didn't. And I didn't know what to do with it because I had I, what? What? Yeah. Ha, what's happening? And I masturbated and masturbated and I masturbated, and I have I didn't do that before. So I was what is happening to me? I know, okay, I'm not that inside. I am a sexual person still and I have to do something about this. So my very best and most dearest friend, I call her my girlfriend. She's not my girlfriend. She's my best friend. She also has been through a major change in her life. Started masturbating when she was 39 and she went into masturbating camp with herself. And she wrote a book about this. I will get you a copy. What's it called? Yeah. No, tell everybody. Do you know the name? (laughs) Yes, but it's not published yet. Okay. When it is published, do tell us, but tell us now. Yes. It's called The Orgasm, How Hard Can It Be? And it's telling her story and her way into BDSM without even knowing it. That it had a word. (laughs) And the way she flourished, the way she, she got into all of this... And I read the book, and I have talked to her about it a lot before I read the book. And then she talked about this amazing podcast called Sex Stories. (laughs) And I, okay, that sounds exciting. I want to listen to that. And I heard the first 25 episodes, and I was, what is that? I want that. I want it all. And that's when I went into boot camp. At your podcast, I learned how to, okay, I need to tell everybody that I see that is in a sex context. What I want, what I do not want, do it ahead of time. Do it ahead of a meeting because I don't want to waste two, three, four months. Or even hours. <laughs> even hours. No, and I am very much on top of everything now. Wow. So wow. that's where I went into this boot camp of my own. And I just, okay, I'm going to be the most slutty self I have ever been. And I'm going to do this for me. So this time around, I was using the men to get what I wanted to explore and everything I did was to find out more about myself. And I got into every sex state with the attention of me and the very clear communication that what I wanted from them. So my best friend, she asked me, are you using yourself? Are you abusing yourself again? You are going so fast. She couldn't keep up. And I was No, because this time around I do this for me and I take something from them. I'm in control. I take what I want. And I felt like, oh my God, I loved it. So that's where I wrote to you because I went into, okay, I want a master. I have heard you had your master and I I want that. I want to try that. I want to be tied up. I want to be in a cage. I want to do everything. And then I hooked up with one online. I think on a website that's somewhat like FetLife, I think, in the Danish version. And he was very respectful, very much. Okay, we're going to ease you into this and you're going to trust me. and Slowly, slowly. And I just jumped aboard. We never got to meet in person because quite fast he, I was letting him go over my boundaries mm-hmm. because I didn't know how to say no. Mm-hmm. And he was not there to give me aftercare. And mm-hmm. all of this was online. He made me, I, I say he made me, I gave him permission to right. to command me to make videos of myself, pictures. And I did, at first it felt, okay, this is what he wanted, I'm going to do it. At a point I felt abused. Yes. And I was, okay, stop, 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 stop. And I had to stop because I was sitting on my couch, have so just sent him a video masturbating with a dildo and I was I haven't even met the guy yeah. God, why am I why am I doing this suddenly I just mm. ooh, stop 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 and I had to stop him and he didn't want to stop and that's when the respect disappeared mm. so I stopped him blocked him from everything and then I was just recovering for a day or two and was like, okay this is not what I want I want something else but I take this as a lesson I take this as a, as a part of my journey to know what I want. So I just moved on, contacted new people, saying, I do not want that. If you want videos, we have to see each other first in real life, be together, then we can do other things. And it led to a lot of the most wonderful experiences where I explored everything. A lot of impact play, I found out that uh, the impact play is not for me only. I needed the touches at the same time. For example, I call him a professional BDSM guy <laughs> because he had all the equipment. I was new at this. Whoa. I told him, I want to try to be tied up mm. and I want to try the floggers or the whips or whatever you have. Just ease it on me, but do slowly, but I want to try it. Mm. And he did. And it was fun. But I didn't get horny from this alone. I needed, I found out later that. I do need a good slap. I do need to be choked. I do like a slap on the face to be held down, a good slap on the back or the ass. But I need the penetration or the fingering or the licking at the same time because then my hormones are crazy and then I can take it all in. So the pain alone, that's not for me. But all the other things at the same time just hit me. I want it all. (laughs) Does it also
0: have to do with connection to the person? Because my experience lately trying to figure out kinky people have been kind of talking to people on FetLife. And I'm noticing I'm learning all of the subtones of these other social signals that I now have to categorize and figure out. There's like some people that are like, I'll tie you up with rope, but I would never do it sexually. How dare you think? They're like offended that I might want to get tied in sex. Like, how does that work for you in terms of the container? I'm
1: very communicative about before we meet. Okay, I'm here for this. Okay. Erotically? Yes. Okay. And I tell them exactly. <laughs> in, I have to feel, okay, this is a guy that could be something and now he's going to get it all. I, I will tell him everything. And then some of them think, whoop. This yes. is not for me. You too much. I, I, I cannot. No, 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 no. And some of them are saying, "Okay, girl, let's do this," and then we have a good conversation about it beforehand. Nice. So that's what I've been doing every single time with new categories each time. And then trying the professional guys, I went to. Okay, I do not want that professional. Maybe someone who just into this but have not tried it as much, so we can build it together. We can mm-hmm. build our story together. But yes. some of them, even if I like to be slapped or hit or spit in the face or choked that does not mean that you have to be rough on me yeah. all the time yeah but some of them think that all of it has to be so hard and I was no you just misunderstood you have to get me turned on by slowly stimulating you can help me down you can tie me up and then you slowly get me horny yeah. and then I will give you everything, everything. That you have but you have to to give me pleasure you yes. have to to get me excited first and if they understand that then they have my heart i'll marry them for god's sake i got it i got it the one i, I <laughs> yes okay. so of course some of them was good it was great the sex was great the person was not so great some of them the person was okay he is the most amazing man but the sex was mm. mm-hmm. this You don't understand why, you don't understand how, you don't understand what it is I want. So I just moved on and I was just going for what I wanted. So doing that for some months, I felt this, okay, now I know exactly what I want. Now I want that and the emotional connection also. Now I don't just want the sex, I want someone to love me. Basically, I just want a boyfriend to give me this. I want emotional connection. So I changed again, went for that. And I have now found it's very new, but it's going very good. Yay, 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 yay. (laughs) And I can't wait to see what it brings. And he's into this, some of it. He has some issues with some of it, but we're going forward and we're trying and we are getting past trust issues and all of that, that we have to get to know each other. And he's also, we have talked threesome, foursomes. We have talked clubs. We have talked everything. And we're going there someday if it feels right. Yes. yes. There's no pressure. It's just we have to get some trust between us, some good emotion and connection. Yes. Yeah. Put trust marbles in the marble jar and fill them up. And- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And when we are there, then we can start exploring <sighs> wow. outside the bedroom. Yes. It is very good. I'm so
0: glad for you for all of this. I'm wowed by the like incredible arc of your journey. And by how much in a relatively short amount of time? I mean, your epiphany of like, oh shit, I need to do the hardest thing I ever have to do and like ask for a divorce, in, you know, in this. Yes. And now here you are advocating for yourself and processing these things that, you know, I think the cool thing for me about being a little bit older is like, oh, I know I'm pretty resilient. <laughs> I know I can get through the hard parts. Yes. So what feels like the most juicy about either what you're discovering or experiencing sexually right now? Like, where should we spend our detail energy?
1: I think that the feeling that I can let completely go. And before my divorce, I did squirt a little bit when he hit the right spot. Now I'm a waterfall. That's because I'm letting go every single time. It feels like the most amazing thing in the world. And yes you could call that juicy <laughs> but <laughs> just a part of i don't have to be ashamed i don't have to put away i have belly fat i have small boobs and oh my god oh, do i smell today or yeah smells delicious bodies are perfect oh. yes yes i know this feeling i don't care about that i me because from the start when i meet people even if it was just sex days but also now i wasn't this is me. This is what I want. This is me. And if you don't like that, you're lost. Yeah. I move on. So, oh my God, it's so, so liberating. So, I feel the most best version of myself today.
0: Would you say anal sex is different now that you're in this new let go position? I'd love to hear about
1: your asshole a little bit. Oh my God. Before, I did get extremely turned on by anal sex, but I, it was hard for me. It had to be slow, not too deep. Ugh, I, and I was afraid of, would it get messy? Did it yeah. smell? I, I could not let go. I did have orgasms doing anal sex with my husband. But now, because I have learned how to clean up, I do that every single time. If there's just a bit of chance that we are going after anal, which we do almost every time, mm-hmm. I clean up mm-hmm. thoroughly before every time so I can let completely go and the funny part is I think you're going to be shocked about this (laughs) before when I masturbate I can come within seconds when I do it with myself in seconds when it takes a long time it's about seven eight minutes that's a long time for me and I'm all sweaty but that's a long time 30 seconds, one minute, two minutes. My girlfriend, she hates me for it because she's so jealous. Oh, wow. But I did have orgasms with my husband with that. But because of my fantasy with vibrators, after I got divorced and freed myself, I do not orgasm. I don't know why. I can do it myself. Masterbank, not a problem. With a partner, I don't know why. Yet. Yes. Well, I had a lover through all of these sex dates. Yeah. He knew I was going out uh, exploring and, and I had this lover on the side which knew I did all this, but I had him. Now, I, I do not have a date today. Can you come over, please? He learned me the most about BDSM, what mm-hmm. I liked, and he gave me the best sex that I ever had in this period of time until I met this new guy. Wow. But I have never orgasmed with him. Yeah. But then I met this new guy. His name is Peter. And within the first two weeks, he made me orgasm twice. And I was, okay, now I'm going to marry you. (laughs) (laughs) What? How did you do that? (laughs) But I think because of the sexual energy, I'm free. I'm open. I'm relaxed. The emotional connection, the everything, I can finally do something else. So that's why I'm going to hang on to him. I'm going powerful. to hang on to this guy. So, and I don't know why, because orgasm, orgasms has always been easy for me, for myself during partner sex. Not always, but yes, it happens. Yeah. But this last year where I did really enjoy sex like never before, did not orgasm. And yeah. that was actually why I told him in one of our first conversations on the phone before we met because we already talked about sex. We already talked about what I liked, what he liked. And I said to him, I do not orgasm with you. And I said that just like that. And he said, what? See, if you chase my orgasm, it will not happen. So please just chase my pleasure instead. Oh. Because if you do that, I hope I get there someday. I don't know. But it just does not happen right now. So if you think you're going to get me one, two, three, four orgasms, then you lost in advance. Yeah. So don't do that. Don't chase it. Chase my pleasure. So, so and he did. And look what happened. Oh. Two weeks in, he made me orgasm twice. So it yeah. works. <laughs> Dude, that is a
0: brilliant way to say it. Chase, my pleasure is amazing. It's so interesting because I love being given orgasms, but also I've been talking to people and reading things and it's like, oh yeah, no one's giving me anything. We're co-creating and sharing an experience. And yes, someone holds space for me, but now it's kind of morphed into the like, Western masculine ideal of like, can I win by having racked up the most orgasms? And so then it's not about my pleasure. It's about their ego. And so I love exactly chase my pleasure.
1: Yes. And I actually think it freed him somewhat also because he doesn't have to think about it. He doesn't have to think about, oh, I need to get her to orgasm. He just have to do what he wants. He does what he wants and what he wants is what I like. So that dominant, submissive, connection we have in the sex situations just creates this space of being free and just being in the moment. And it's something I have never experienced before. It's amazing. And he does it so good. And also, we were talking earlier about kings and the deep throating. Also, I did not perform oral sex before. In my marriage, very few times. I did that. Oh. Uh, I did it, of course, but it was for him. It was not for me. Now, when I'm laying on my back on his bed, head over the edge downwards, and he puts his stick in my mouth, in my throat, goes all the way down, that turns me on like nothing else. And I love it. And he, he's using his fingers, gi- giving me the craziest squirt orgasms (laughs) like that and I just think why did I why didn't I know this like you said at a point you thought you were deep throating when the the dick that his dick was just in the back of your throat yeah I thought I was doing it no I was not some at at one point in all this experience through this last six months I I don't even remember which guy it was actually it just happened I said oh That's how it, and I was in another position that I was used to And okay, that's how it's like. And I was, I had this throat hurting two days afterwards. I was like, okay, I can feel him two days. That's cool. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So we're doing it every time now. And he loves it. He has never tried. He said on our first date before we even kissed, if you deep throat me. I will marry you.
0: Oh, oh, okay, well, you're deep
1: throating him and he's giving you orgasms. So it sounds like yes. it could be a good match. <laughs> it could be a very good match. Okay, there's a, lots of things that have to fall in place, of course, but totally, it is very good. And I, I don't know, all of these things before, I just, I didn't want it. I didn't like it. I didn't know, I, I didn't need it. And my body just woke up like in this volcano when I Amazing. got divorced. Um, yes. Amazing. Are there any other specific
0: parts of your body that have awoken or that just haven't gotten attention yet? So we maybe need to
1: like talk about them? My nipples was a no-go for my husband. He could not touch him. It was a complete turn-off. Okay. And I don't know why. I think because I breastfed mm. his kids with them. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Again, they woke up like a volcano now if he just looks at them they say "Poop." You're like two volcanoes and he... <laughs> yes and if he just slides his his fingertips across my my nipple my body just just like that and if he touches my my belly just with a soft hand it also just turns me on like in an instant <sighs> and i have never experienced that before Never. Not even when I was very outgoing as a young woman. At that point, I did not do anything for myself. Now I'm doing this. So I can feel every single cell moving when he's touching. And it's amazing. That's awesome. Yes, it
0: is. Are there any details about like oral sex or more physical pleasures or more just things you've experienced that he has done that have given you pleasure
1: it's actually funny because I like him doing oral sex on me too, but I get so much more out of giving him. I get more horny giving him oral sex. I like it. For For me, it's more when he's doing it. For me, it's like, yes, it turns me on. It gets wet. I can feel his tongue. I can feel his breath. I can look in his eyes. And that turns me on. But it's not the motion on my clitoris or my outside of my vagina that does it. It's not that. I don't know why but i love giving him blowjobs and deep throating and the way he uses his fingers now and the way i can let go and let all the juices Mm. come out like and i am amazed how much fluid i can contain (laughs) no isn't it amazing (laughs) it it, it keeps coming and I, i love after we have sex. I also did that with other partners. But if I'm all, I'm wet, like with sperm, with spit, with Mike squirting, with his sweat, with, yeah. and I'm wet all over. And I just love it. I just love it. And I f- love the feeling of being used all over. And it's amazing. Yes. And I feel like my body is just one big sense organ oh. when it's used like that. Of course, there can be days where it's not like that, but most of the time, I just feel like my whole body is in action. Wow. So you're at this
0: incredible moment in your life. What do you hope are the next fantasies that become fulfilled? I know you talked about more group sex stuff with him, but what's like at the top of your list or just what are you thinking about in terms of your sexual future right now?
1: Lately, I have been thinking about fisting. I don't know if I can, I did not give birth to my boys. There were C-sections, both of them. So I have not had a child through my vagina. So okay. I am pretty tight, which has been a compliment. I like to have that. So I don't know if it's possible, but somehow I have been fantasizing about that.
0: Amazing. Well, here's a question. Women have smaller hands. And you mentioned being heteroflexible. Is that mostly in the context of group play? yes
1: it is i have never been with a woman alone okay. i have fantasized about it but i don't know maybe i should try it someday not long ago before i met uh, peter i was uh, do you know the, the term of a unicorn mm-hmm. i don't know if you use yes okay i was a unicorn for this couple and i just love that before that i was thinking okay i need to try a girl again and I, I want that but it has to be with a guy also mm-hmm. i was not ready to jump all in and you only a girl. So I did that. And it was amazing. He was a dominant. She was submissive. He had a fantasy of dominating too. So oh. he got that. Wow! And he was dominating me to do all kinds of things to her and the other way around. And it was amazing. So I'm open for
0: it. That sounds like a really fun threesome. How was it dominating another woman? Was it easy
1: because it was at someone's orders or how was it for you? Because it was at his orders. Mm-hmm. I had no issue. I think I would have done it anyway. But I did do something on my own. I found I vibrated and used it on her on my own. But the thing that he told us what to do and holding us down, tying us up, doing all of these things and me licking hers at the same time while he was penetrating her with fingers. And I love the visual of penetration on a girl up close. Yeah, It is the most sexiest thing yeah, ever. And if I'm up with a girl alone, I cannot see That at the same way, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's different. Anyway, I'm open for it. I don't know if it will if it will ever happen because now I have Peter and I don't I don't know if he he would like that, but he would love two girls at the same time. So it's going to happen with a girl one more time. Amazing.
0: (laughs) What about anything else like sending nudes? Well, you talked a little bit about your experience that was not so great exchanging videos. Have you had any good ones with that kind of like
1: sexting or sending nudes? Yes. All of the partners I have seen for a sex date, also afterwards, the few I have seen for maybe a boyfriend issue, I have sent news when I felt comfortable, not videos. I don't know why videos are more vulnerable. Yeah, It's also more of a production. It is vulnerable. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. is. It is more vulnerable. So I, I love sending news. I know I have a good body. I know that's the attention. I know that. I'm aware of that. But I love the reaction I get when I send a nude to a guy. So I still do that to Peter, he loves it. And of course it feeds my attention need. I still have that, it will never go away, but now it's just in a controlled, safe environment where I, I do it for me, I do it when I want to. And if I can get a good reaction, sending a nude to him or taking a picture, you know, during daytime when I'm at work at the office, going to the bathroom and take a picture of my boobs and a he business. loves it. He loves it and, and I love it. And I think it's sexy. And when we just, when we see each other, maybe next day we, we live apart, unfortunately. Okay. But when we see each other, it's the more sexier to see each other because we have this build up every time.
0: That's incredible. Are you into porn at all? Either your own yes. what do yeah, you what are you into? And
1: do you share it with partners? I have not shared it with him yet. I think also it is vulnerable also. I don't know why. Do I feel ashamed about what I watch? I don't know. I've
0: never initiated. I've only watched porn with other partners when they initiate it. I would feel vulnerable too, but also because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have only watched porn with my ex-husband. We did that because that would get me in the mood. So that's what we did. I'm into porn. I'm very visual. So when I masturbate, I use the porn. Uh, I can also masturbate without but I use the porn. It's group sex. It's uh, anal. Always, I am beginning to watch more BDSM, tied up, slutty videos, where it's more hardcore BDSM. Not, not, not the spanking, but the uh, degrading. part. Also, oh, ooh, I have a story for you, Great. by the way. <laughs> but that's what I watch. And when I have watched these videos, a memory came up uh, about a month or two ago, before I met Peter when I still had this lover I saw once in a while. And we have a very, very communicative, good relationship. He he knows everything. I know everything about him. And I told him about a fantasy I had that was a rape fantasy. And that's the one thing that I could feel a little bit ashamed about having Mm. or even thinking about because who wants to get raped? Nobody. But if you know the person and you want the person to do it is it rape no it's not but then you can play and act yeah. so i told him about this and he was like oh i have never tried that i could do that yes let's do that okay so random night i was sending him a text saying oh gosh i forgot to lock the back door and i'm going to bed 10 30 i hope no intruder comes and hurt me good night And I went to bed, 10.30, forgot to lock the back door. And we had an agreement that, okay, I said 10.30, but he was not coming at 10.30. Then he just, I was not supposed to know when he was coming. So suddenly I hear the door because I was not sleeping. Of course, I was excited. (laughs) Oh, could you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the first time around, we did this twice. The first time around, he comes in, he's all prepped up, tools, ropes, everything. And he comes in rips the cover off me and I was hi this sexy kitten just waiting for him he was oh could you just make a resistance please I was no I want this (laughs) that's I think how I would be (laughs) (laughs) so we had very good sex but when he left that night we okay next time I will fight you I will fight you like a bitch so be prepared okay so I don't know how long after that I texted him again. Oh, I forgot to lock the back door. I'm going to bed. I hope no one comes to hurt me. And as scheduled, he came and this time I fought him. I fought him like hell. He got an elbow in his face and he told me down, tied me up, slapped me. It was rough. And I Whoa. fucking loved it because it was, it was consensual. Yeah, It was consensual. Yeah. And I think he, used my body in about two hours without penetrating. It was amazing. And I was, again, I did not orgasm. I do not know why, because this is the best thing. But it was amazing. And it went to all vaginal, anal, deep throating, everything, tying up, choking, everything, all that I love the spitting, the slapping, all of it. And he loved it. He found something new that he he did not wow. know that he had this in him, and it yeah. was amazing for both of us. We are not seeing each other anymore because I have Peter, and yeah. he unfortunately he fell in love with me, so I had to to call it off. Yeah. It's okay, and he's okay with it now. But this was amazing to do this fantasy without the shame. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm a little bit ashamed of telling you about it. Oh. I can, But it's okay because I want to tell about it. I want to talk about it because I think a lot of girls actually have this.
0: Just based on the few hundred people I've spoken to, the anecdotal information is many people, including female forms, have some form of a struggle fuck fantasy or consensual non consent fantasy. It
1: was the most sexiest
0: thing I have ever tried. It was amazing. The resounding theme is like, it's a fantasy because we want to actually be safe. But that's the whole thing about humaning is like we need something to push against or we're totally fucking bored and also these bodies were made to experience stuff and they're not experiencing a whole lot because most of us are just like thumbsing on our phones so i think we are collectively hungry for something yes we are we need the adventure yes yes it is an adventure and when you know you're safe with a safe trusted person
1: struggle fuck yeah Yes, I trust him so much, I, otherwise I wouldn't have done it. So yeah. And I still do, we, we are the best friends today, and it's beautiful. He, just without the sex. And it is, it is beautiful. And it's nice to have that one person that you can share these things. I, I can share yes. this with, with, with Peter also, now he knows. He yeah. didn't know this, but now he knows. <laughs> and it's okay, I have no problem with that. I want to share all of this and I want to talk about it. Yeah, So it's so good.
0: I want to circle back just briefly to the part about you not coming. I relate so strongly because when I was with my former dom, I was like, and now I've figured out how to come with a partner. Ha ha ha. But actually, now that I'm seeing new partners and more of them, I it's not true. It's not every person. And I've noticed in myself Some of it is a sense of safety and connection with the person. Yes. Not that I feel unsafe, but just like I don't know how safe I am because I don't know when I'm going to accidentally trigger someone and then they're going to get mad at me. You know, I'm a lot less likely to be triggered. I'm a lot more likely to ask for health and safety that is somehow a turnoff to a partner. But I've also noticed that especially when I'm experiencing new, interesting, kinky things, it's like. My pleasure—it's it, very high, it's very ramped up, but it's not in the orgasm zone because I'm so busy paying attention and enjoying and yes. imprinting, and my nervous system is like, ooh. And so it's, I think it's just like the dopamine system is like taking—I don't know. That's a long question of being like, is it like that for you? <laughs>
1: it is like it is exactly like that because I I can feel so aroused, so horny, so I can like I said, I can feel every cell yeah. in my body it, it just being a sensitive organ, but that's what I'm paying attention to. And I I do not want to chase my orgasm. I just want to chase that pleasure. And I'm still learning to feel that. I'm still learning not to think about, oops, did I shave correctly? Or did I, do I smell today? I do not want to think. Of course it pops up still and I'm still learning, but I am very focused on just feeling my body. And I think the orgasms will come, not every time. But sometime. And I'm good with that. It it doesn't have to come every time. I'm just happy to give him what he wants. (laughs) And that's how it is. I do like it. And I did not like that before. Then it was a job to do. Now it's, again, a pleasure to do. So it's okay. That's okay to yeah. have an orgasm yeah. every time. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I love also just
0: talking about it because of course it's okay to not have when it's like treading that fine line, but women should have orgasm. women should have orgasm. But it's like, I don't want the pressure. So I think it's just beautiful to kind of like share the whole thing. The
1: pressure is a killer. And I think it's very important for men to understand that they cannot just make women, if they make a woman come, two, three, four times. Every time they're together, I will bet she is faking some of it.
0: (laughs) I know some orgasmic ladies who really, really do come a lot, but I also have been the
1: faker. I've been there. And I do not want to be that anymore. I have sworn to myself, I will not. I will go for the pleasure instead. Beautiful. I love that. I love that.
0: Is there anything else about your sex life that we need to know or learn? Any other awkward stories or things that we just, like, have to know about you or that you want to share that you just we haven't gotten to yet
1: yes one story that pops into my head every time i think about my life in general this is this i was used to call high school we went to rome for education trip so in rome there's this stairs that calls the spanish stairs where young people meet to listen to music drink some alcohol show out their motorcycles everything (laughs) and this roman dude pulls up on his motorcycle I am 19 sitting on these stairs with all my classmates. And this Roman guy, he looks at me and says, You come over here. Yes. And I did. I hopped on his motorcycle and he took off. Away I was. <laughs> and he drove me, thinking about it today is insane. Totally. He drove me around Rome, his motorcycle, and kissed me underneath the stars took me back to the Spanish stairs to my classmates. And the next night, he picked me up again in his car, took me to the Colosseum, you know, this uh, very old, yes. And he had a key to come inside the bottom to the Colosseum. And we went down there and I gave him a blowjob, my first blowjob ever down there. (laughs) And then we took his car out to this old, uh, the oldest road in the world called Via Appia. He put out a carpet on the roadside and we it down there and we had sex. And I was like, okay, I'm going to marry this dude. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yes. And thinking about it today is just he learned me so much. He, he was the first person I ever had anal sex with later on. We had a relationship for about seven months, I oh, think. Wow. But the way he just took me, he said, you come right here, right now. Okay, I will. Little naive girl just got along it was crazy if my daughter did that i would kill her (laughs) but i did and i okay it could have ended badly but it ended just like the most romantic sexiest way it could have done
0: yes it was amazing The Colosseum is one of my favorite, like, structures. When I was in sixth grade, I made a clay, like, I carved it from, like, this old clay and molded it. So it's like, I love the Colosseum. So hearing that you gave your first blowjob in a Colosseum, like,
1: that's that's (laughs) fucking mind-blowing. The one part, uh, some of the parts are closed for the audience. So yeah. he had a key, and he went. We went down there where where you cannot come as an audience, daily audience. And up li- along the sides, there was all these Roman young people smoking weed, uh, listening to music, playing on guitars up against the, the sides of the Colosseum. Yeah. This is a hangout. This is a hangout place for young people yeah. in Rome, and you cannot get to those points. If you come as a tourist. So it was just amazing. Okay, I've been there. I've been up there. I've been down there. (laughs) Doing a blood job. Have you? (laughs) That's amazing. Okay, so hopes
0: for your sex life going forward. Yes.
1: I hope that I can still be able to explore. Have the partner that is open to explore. As we talked about earlier, I need the adventure. Mm. to do yes i want him i want us and i want what we have but to spice it up with adventure that we do together is what i want i want to get married again i think Uh, he wants to i don't know if he's going to be with him i hope so but (laughs) we are so early on so i cannot say that yet out loud actually but i I want that I, i want a deep deep emotional connection again because it is fantastic but i do want this kind of sex life i want to be free and i want the bdsm parts and i do not want to feel trapped and not me again ever I love that.
0: Freedom, connection, attention, touches, kinky sex. Yes, please.
1: Yes. Yes. yes I'm there with you. I would like to order one too. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> yes. For, for me, it's just, is so important right now because yeah. I've been a place where it wasn't something I, I knew existed actually. Yeah. So yes, it's very important for me. <sighs> wow.
0: Okay. So if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages
1: would you pick and what would you say? Yes. And I knew you would ask this question. I have thought hard about this. And I think I would go back to my early puberty when I discovered my body and I discovered that I could use it and say, sex is not love. Mm -hmm. You have to trust and love yourself first, because I did not do that. And you are okay. I have had self-trust issues forever. I do not have that anymore, but you're okay. And it's all going to be fine. Just make sure to take care of yourself first. That's what I would say.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Suzanne, thank you so much for being a guest on Sex Stories. You're
0: welcome. It has been a pleasure. Do you have a sex question you want to ask
1: me? Yes, I do. I have still a lot of your episodes to to That's listen to. That's
0: okay. I don't expect people to necessarily listen to all of them before they talk to me. That is not the requirement. I
1: am not <laughs> No, I know I know that, but because of that, I do not know if you have had your double penetration experience yet.